I tell you all the time how much I like on demand. Let me tell you why. Because I like getting my food when I like it. I just am like that. I like to go to the menu and say, I want this and not that. So this is one of those moments when you've chosen to be with us and we're honored to have you with us. So open up the Word of God. Join me today as I take you on a journey that will change your life and lift your spirit and give you vision for your future. God's best will come your way. Enjoy today's message. Repeat the talk with me, please. Say your plan for you. Your plan for you. This is all about you today. This talk is all about you. Dreaming again, planning again, thinking again, hoping again. What is your plan for you? Not me, you. Your finances, your future, your marriage, your life. What are you aiming at? There's a text in Luke 14, verse 28, and it's just one of the most incredible text that helps you think about you. Here's what it says. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the costs, whether he has enough to finish it? At least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to war, verse 31, to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Verse 32, or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation. He says, man, I need to talk to this guy. He's got more people than me. And he makes, asks rather conditions of peace. So likewise, whatever of you, whoever of you does not forsake all things that he has cannot be my what? Disciple. I talked last week about God's plan for you, which was a plan to give you rest, a plan to give you peace. And I asked you the question, why haven't you enjoyed that peace? God had a plan for your life. The question is, why have you missed out on what he planned for you? Today, I want to talk about your plan for you. It's one thing to talk about God's plan. It's another thing to talk about your plan. We often assume it's all about his plan. But Jesus said something in Matthew 20 that was always fascinating to me. When the disciples came to him, James and John, he asked them a question, what do you want? It's not what your mother wants or your dad wants or your teacher wants. Or it was, what do you want? What do, what do you want for your life? That's a scary question. When your kids leave home and they're no longer your responsibility. Now, mom and dad, you got to think about you. That's right, you, your life. Where are you going on vacation? What are you going to do for your financial future? Um, I had this thought the other day that I had never thought about before. Do you know how old I am? Somebody guess. 60, pause, pause, 1, 61. Do you know that I could start drawing Social Security at 62? Did you know that? I ain't going to do it yet. I'm waiting for the bigger money. But I said, I said wow. My, 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 my age is 66.8. That's when they said, hey, I can get, at 66.8, I can get my full Social Security. At 65, they said, I can get Medicare. Something like that, Medicare, Cade, I don't know which one is it. Huh? Which one is it? Care. Thank you, people, for helping me. Wow. Look at Ricky Temple. 
still a little bit, sir. But I got some time on the clock, I believe, by faith. But, you know, it's amazing when you start thinking about, you know, okay, wow. So what's your plan, Ricky Temple, for you? Because Ricky and Christina are not moving back in. Christina, keep your neck straight. Look at it. She said, you're right. Her whole neck went left. You're right, bro. I ain't coming back. Uh, She's been out of the house for a long time, two years. Oh, my God, 12, 13 years, 14 years, long time. You know, it's like, okay, I'm glad to have my house back, even though they come visit all the time and take stuff. But <laughs> she and her brother, they visit and stuff leaves with them, food, supplies. <laughs> But, you know, there's, there's, there is a, there's something about understanding it's no longer about anybody else. It's now my time. And that's scary. It's scary to look in the mirror and, and, and feel, okay, I can go to any movie I want to see. You know, the other day, Diane got a little bit with me a little bit. She got a little bit, you know, with me the other day. You did. You did. She got a little bit with me the other day, you know. I said... Maybe I shouldn't have said it like this. But I, they were doing something, and I was going to a restaurant by myself. So I said, I'm going to go now like a single person and pick a restaurant. That's what I said. And she said, you know, you, you could have left the single part out. <laughs> Just tell me you're going to a restaurant. Because she doesn't like to go where I wanted to go. I, like, I love seafood. And so she was busy. So I went to my place, and, and they know I, I ain't going to tell you, well, you know where it is. I'm going to tell you. And so I, <laughs> I went, it's real lobster. So I went there, and, <laughs> and so they, you know, I have a table, I like it, everything. So they laugh, there he come, he want his old table. Is my table free? Can I sit there? So uh, I've never asked anybody to move yet, but I really, I, so, I, <laughs> so I went there, and I had, I had a boy, I got what I normally get, and I was just, you know, it was just me, just me. This same thing the other day. There's another place I go for seafood. I just go sit there, eat all I want, get some crab legs, and smell up my hands, don't matter. I love it. It's my choice. How do you deal with your life, those you moments? And as you get older, you have more of them. And some older people complain about being lonely. That's because you're not planning for yourself. Stop waiting for the kids to come back. They're not coming back. If they come back, they're going to be in trouble. So don't want them to come back. If they come back, help them for a minute. But you know what I'm saying? You can't be afraid of yourself, your life. That's one of the hard things about, you know, when you, when you graduate from, from, from college and, and then now you've got classes to go to and all that stuff. You know what's going to happen? One day you will have no instructors. Imagine this. No finals. No midterms. Nobody will tell you what to read again. You can decide what you want. And you know what they say? You get lonely. Your life is not as structured. Now it's your life. When you start a business, it's you. You got to make payroll, your payroll and their payroll. You have to do all the bookkeeping. You start, it, there's an there's a, there's a isolation that comes with success and growth that you have to get used to. You have to learn how to be with yourself. You're lonely because you're not learning how to, you have to learn how to entertain yourself. As an only child, I learned that. There was nobody in the house. So I said, how you doing, Ricky? Fine. It was just me. <laughs> See, some of you think that's bad. I said, no, that's crazy. No, it's not because there's nobody in here but me. 
And so I, I pray out loud. I play my music. I dance. Oh, I cut loose. I put on some stuff, old school, new school. I just have a ball. And I learn how to entertain me. And I learn how to be happy with me. Can you say it? With me. Come on, say it like a minute. With me. with me. There's something about happy, being happy with you. That's why you won't jump from relationship to relationship to relationship. You know, you pull out your little black book. That's used to call it a black book. Now it's your phone, right? Pull out your black book and see who's free. How are you doing today? You want to go out? No, okay, next. Okay, who want to go out? And you're always on the hunt because you're not happy with you. You hate silence. But there's something powerful about having that moment with yourself, and that's what this verse is about. It's about a person sitting down and deciding what they want for themselves. And there are seven signs that you have healthy plans for you that I want to talk about today. Seven signs. Number one, if your plans are healthy for yourself and you have healthy plans, your plans are specific and your plans are intentional. Can you say specific and intentional? Listen to what he said now, Luke 14, 28. For which of you intending, big word, intentional, right? To build a tower, notice that, it's intentional and specific. You are intentionally trying to build a tower. Which of you intending to build a tower? Just pause right there. Notice this is something you've decided. You're not accidentally doing this. You're not accidentally trying to build a business. You're not accidentally trying to be healthy. You're not accidentally trying to do anything. You name the tower you want. What is your tower? Not, not, not 15 things, one thing. Don't, don't, don't dwell on, on, on 50 things in, in, your, in, the, in today's sermon. Just one, I want you to think about a tower you're trying to build. And then I want you to be intentional. What am I doing? Now, that's an honest moment. If you say, well, I'm not really intentionally doing anything. But you've got to decide where you want to go and go there. You've got to make that decision. That's not God's decision. It's yours. What if it's not his will? He'll show you. Just get going somewhere. He can adjust you. He's already done that a few times. You know, and then sometimes you learn. You know, it's like water, right? You run bath water. You'll know if you should get in it or not. Test it. You know, that's a bad idea. You learn. You have senses, ears, eyes. He gave you all that for a reason. There's a wonderful series I'm going to do later on in the month of May, I believe. I'm going to talk about Adam and Eve, and I'm going to talk about how God told them, you name the animals. You till the garden and you name the animals. I'm not naming them. What do you call that? Elephant? Good. That's what his name is. Elephant. You name it. And somehow in your life, if you're not careful, you're not intending to do anything. You're existing. And that, my friend, is not how you want to be. Churches are notorious for this. You set a system in place. Deacons say the same thing every week. Pastors preach some kind of sermon. We kind of sing a few songs. We dance around. And then we go home, and that's church. There's no tower we're building. There's, no, there's, there's nothing just existing. And that, my friend, is not why you're taking classes in college, right? No, you're building toward a degree. You're building toward some goal. What is the goal? Thirdly, watch this. If your plans are good plans, they are specific, they're intentional, and thirdly, they're maturely analyzed. They're maturely analyzed. Listen to what he says. The first thing you do once you decide on the tower is you sit down. We sit down, we stop, and we, we look at this. How is this going? What will this cost? How many hours will this take? 
I love the college example because when you're a student in college and the professor brings you the syllabus, right, and he says, okay, this paper takes 30 hours to do. 30 hours, okay, so let's see. Now, the paper is due the end of the week. You didn't start till the beginning of the week, and you have a full-time job. This is a bad plan because you, don't give, you didn't give yourself enough time. You should have started two weeks ago when you first got the paper. Notice, but you didn't. And so the problem is you have not, you did not sit down and say, trying to build that tower, trying to get that grade point average, I'm trying to graduate on this date. Based on that, this paper's in the way of that. I therefore need to spend two hours, two hours, two hours, two hours, two hours, do it in pieces, and I need, I need help in this area, so I need to get a tutor in this area. I don't edit that well, so I need to get an editor to come alongside me, and I need to get it to him two weeks early so that we can edit all the mistakes out, and I need to read it about ten times to make sure it's right. I didn't say two. Ten times to read it all. Okay, the difference between an A and a B and a C and a D and a no graduate. It's, it's you saying Instead of being, oh, hold on for a second. Oh, yes. Girl, please, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I'm live right now, streaming live in front of the college library. You need to get off live and go in the library. There's a moment when you pause and you say, I'm aiming at that tower. I need to sit down and I need to analyze my life and my habits and my choices and decide what I want to be and what I want to do. I did that today on the way to church. On the way to church, I was feeling kind of snacky, and I decided I needed to eat something, so I said, let's go to Burger King, get the little six <laughs> French toast sticks. I love them. <laughs> and if I'm really feeling spiky that day, I might get the sausage, which is terrible. Good tasting, but on the charts, it's not great. So I was deciding, I pulled it to the church. I was about to come preach the sermons then, to preach you people into obedience to God. And as I parked my car, I said, Don, I'll be back. I dropped her off because she had to be here earlier than me. And I drove myself toward Burger King, and I passed it. Now, I'm not against Burger King. I go every now and then. It's a great place, okay? Nothing bad. I'm not putting Burger King down. I'm just simply saying I have a tower in mind, a certain health goal in mind. I'm trying to look at the mirror and go, okay. I'm trying not to go, oh, Jesus. I'm trying, I'm trying. You know, you get that old Jesus moment, right? You got to watch it, boy. Watch yourself. It's coming way more than you want it to be. And so I, I, I decided that what I would do is pass on this day. You know, nothing, you know, a couple, like I said, every now and then, you know, in, in moderation, I understand. But today I had to decide, no, that's not part of my tower building plan. So what you will do, Mr. Temple, is you will go to the grocery store and you'll get you some fruit. And you will stock your office and you will put your fruit in there and your little nuts and your little thing and get you some uh, bread, make you a sandwich. And you will be happy until lunch breakfast is served to you later on this morning. You will not do this today because you are trying to build that tower. And you're trying to go that way. Now, now. That's a moment where God spoke to me in the grocery store. Here's what came to me. Ready? Repeat with me. This is easy math. You can't fail this. Say one plus one plus one equals three plus one equals you people are good math people. Okay? Ready? Watch this. Ready? One good decision plus one good decision plus one good decision plus another good decision equals how many good decisions? Four good decisions. That equals a great life. 
Back up the train. One bad decision plus one bad decision plus one bad decision. Plus another bad decision equals four bad decisions equals a bad life. You know you have to be someplace at a certain time, so you lay your clothes out, you get yourself organized, you know, you know, you know, you know. You add it all up together, get up in the morning, you know you got to get out early, so you shave that night or you do whatever you got to do that night to make sure you're right. You make sure you have your stuff ready. You know you got to travel at 6 in the morning. You do not start packing at 4 so that you don't have to run through the airport and bind the devil for taking off and leaving you. So you, <laughs> you plan this so that you can be successful. Come on, say one plus one, plus one, plus one, equals, what is it? Four. Good decisions. That came to me in the grocery store this morning. This is a good decision. It's nothing, it's nothing wrong, as I said, having a snack every now and then or a treat, but there's something wrong when I'm doing things consistently and I'm lying to myself, and that, my friend, is my big concern. My big concern is that when I'm trying to say, when I'm telling people I'm trying to build that tower, but my actions don't say that because I am, I am not honest. I've not rightly priced what this is going to cost me. I am not being honest about what this is going to cost me. I am not maturely analyzing the facts. You sit down and you count. You sit down and you tell the truth. And then you say to yourself, let me be honest, which gets me to the, another point. So if you're following me in your notes, good, a sign of good, good, good plans. Number one, your, your, your plans are specific. Number two, your plans are intentional. Number three, your plans are maturely analyzed, right? You sit down, right? And number four, your plans are rightly priced. You count the costs. You, you rightly price it. This is going to be a four-year journey. This is a 60-month investment. This is, I am not in the, I am not in the man-finding business today. I am in the graduating business today. I'm not trying to find a woman today. I am not, this is what I'm doing. I am preaching for 17 more minutes. I'm done. This is not an hour message. You know, you, t- you, you know what your tower is. You're clear about what you're trying to say, and you're trying to aim at that, and there's something about being really clear and not confused. This is why I can't talk now. I can't because I'm trying to build that tower. And that means I understand the cost. And then finally, I get really honest, number five in your notes. Good plans are honest. And I'm telling you, boy, this is tough. Ready? Watch this one. How many of you know people who are not honest with themselves? Raise your hand. Not you, other people. Raise your hand. Why am I not getting response? Work with the preacher, man. Ready? Can I see your hand up, please? Every hand. Thank you very much. That's about right. You know somebody's not honest themselves. Now let's see if you can be honest. <laughs> Have you ever in your life not been honest with yourself? Raise your hands. I'm waiting to see. Look around. Thank you very much. See, there's that moment when you say, I didn't sit down. And if I did sit down, I wasn't telling myself the truth. I'm dating somebody who doesn't believe in working. They believe in me paying. How do you know this? Because they've never worked. And they've never paid or they've never tried or they've never offered anything or they've never, you just, this is a friend that is, I am their bank. This is a banking relationship. 
You call, you borrow, you never pay back. That's our relationship. If you can sit down and get honest, and if you can get honest with yourself and say, I don't believe in paying people back because you never do. I believe in lying to people and saying, loan me, loan me, loan me, and I'm never, I know I'm never going to give it back to you. I never have. I, I like you to take care of me. I want you to sponsor me. And I don't feel like I have to contribute anything unless I want to. And this is not about working on a job or being a housewife. I'm not talking about that because I don't believe there's anything. That, that, man, let me tell you, that's, that's hard work just to, be, just to be a support person. It's a hard job. But there's something about realizing that I manipulate people, being honest with myself, that if I look at what I tend to do, I manipulate people. And I want to be honest about that. Is that what I'm doing? Ooh, I'm going to get off the cliff here a little bit. As a pastor, I, I don't want to ever do that. i got to raise money. i got to pay for all this. This ain't going to be free. Okay? Several million dollars a year. You heard me say several million. It ain't free. To have 3,000 people and all this stuff we do, it ain't free. But how can I do it honestly and openly so that I'm, I'm honest with you and I'm honest with myself. What's my motivation? What, 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 what is, see, this is, this, this is about sitting down and honestly saying, I am driven by what motivation? What's the truth? Do I really want to help people or am I trying to just position myself? Trying to position us. Why do I want people to join the church so we can grow and get more money? Is that the goal? No, it shouldn't be. There has to be a commitment to an assignment or a tower that we believe in, but it's not, it's not designed. You can advance. You can promote something. You can believe in financial advancement and not be a horrible person. God wants you to be fruitful. Can I get an amen to that? But he doesn't want you to be lying to people. Excuse me for messing up my grammar here. He doesn't want you to lie to people or to yourself. If I'm a salesman and I sell phones, guess what I'm going to do? sell you all the phones I can. But here's what I'm not going to do is lie to you. Now, this phone can heal you from all ailments. <laughs> see, now I'm lying to you, see? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest and fair. There, there's something about understanding honesty is powerful. If I can sit down and honestly say, here's where I am. Here's what I'm trying to do. Here's my goal. I look at myself in the mirror. I understand that it costs this much. The honest truth is I've not been willing to pay that price to be in a relationship, to be faithful to one person. You have to be honest with yourself. I've not been honest with myself. I go to college for socialization, but I am not here for an education based on the way I handle my grades and my work. I am spending money to party. There's no way that I'm going to finish. And that brings me to the next big point. Your plan should be to finish. Listen to what he said. Verse, chapter 14, verse 28. Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first? Count the cost. There you go. Whether he's, he has enough to finish. That, it's all about finishing. Going to the goal. The tower must be built. Naming what it is and finishing. I've had to really talk to myself as a leader and say, Temple, do you want your church to do well? 
You want them to finish well? Do you want to finish well? And there are times I have to get in the mirror and say, listen, sir, you're not going to finish well. If, if A, B, and C isn't right in your life, you can't finish well. Guys, listen to me. If, you are, if you're womanizing and you're, every woman is, is, a, is a candidate for you, who can trust you? Who's, who can trust you? Help me understand who. Tell me, tell me what man's daughter could be with you. Tell me. Help me, help me get that. It, 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 it's, it's, it, it, and guys, <laughs> how in the world can you finish? Sister girl, look at me. How can you finish? How are you going to finish? How are you going to finish? And, 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 and you're, you're just good at not telling the truth. You're not, I mean, there's a moment when you've got to stop yourself and say, what am I trying to build here? What is my plans for me? Your plans for you become obvious when I watch you. And I look at Ricky sometimes and says, what is your plan for Ricky, sir? And every now and then I have to call myself on the carpet. Based on what I'm seeing, and sometimes it gets bad, I get in the mirror. You know, based on what I'm seeing, you just don't really want to be in shape today. Based on what I'm hearing and watching you do on a daily basis, you're not serious. You're not being honest with yourself. You are lying to yourself, Mr. Ricky Temple. I need you to be honest. I need you, I need you to be really clear about what you're trying to accomplish. God, that's hard sometimes. Three things get you in trouble. Three things in my research and I'm in this doctoral program, and part of my research is on burnout. There are three things so far that get you in trouble. One is your definition of your job description, what you think you're supposed to do. Secondly, what other people tell you you're supposed to do and what the community tells you. All of them tell me what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to be, what meetings I'm supposed to go to, and I'm for some of that. I'm for some of that. I'm for some of that. But some of you are so dictated to by all these different, yourself, you're not, you're not honest. What is the tower I'm trying to, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to be a healthy man. I'm trying not to be so tired that I can't think. I'm trying to finish. You're never going to get there being this tired. You're never going to get there being this exhausted. Churches, man, I mean, we just, we just kill you. We suck you in here all the time, make you stay forever. Don't know when you're getting out. That's why people always ask you when you go to church, how long? That should be a hint. They don't ask you, where is it? They ask you, first question, how long? And they say it slow, how long? I told the pastor the other day, I said, man, you know, you know a song that God was saying to, to churches sometimes? Go down, Moses, way down to pastor land. Tell, old pastor, let my people go. They stay so long in church, they sleep. Let my people go. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I, I'm not... I understand that we've got to gather and we've got to do things, but this every day in the week and all day long, and I'm not against prayer, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and maybe I shouldn't say this. This is terrible. Maybe you just pray for me. I don't mean any harm. Man, I don't mean any harm, but I'm not getting up 5 o'clock praying with y'all. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. Y'all pray on your own. I love you. Bless you in Jesus' name. I got to go to sleep. I can't do it. 
you too, we too, we got so much going on all the time. You don't have time. You don't have any headroom. And that's true in your life. Is that the tower you're trying to build? Is that the tower you're trying to build? At what point can you back up the train a little bit and ask yourself, if I keep doing this, will I ever finish that? You're not going to fix your marriage. You're too busy. You're not going to change anything. And when you come to that moment when you can say, is that my plan for me? Based on what I see? Your children, your family, yourself, you're lost. You're going to have to take charge of your life and look in the mirror and say, what is my plan for me? And here's the last thing I want to say. All this is to prepare you for days that are coming. Tell me the last plan I told you on your paper. What's the last plan I said? No, 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 no. What's the last plan? The la- not on the paper, I'm sorry. <laughs> Number seven, you ready? Let's say them all together. Your plans must be specific. Your plans must be intentional. Your plans must be mature. Your plans must be rightly priced. Your plans must be honest, number five. Number six, your plans need to finish. And number seven, I'm sorry, folks, I threw you off. Your plans must be to prepare for vulnerable seasons. Can you say prepare, prepare. for vulnerable seasons? You remember the story he said, he said, he said this, he said, okay. A guy looks at his battle plan and he says, okay, I'm going to go fight that guy, but I don't have enough people to win. Verse 32 of chapter 14. While the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and says, hey, I need to make peace because that guy's got more soldiers than me. Here's what he's saying. If I'm really honest, if I'm really honest, I have to admit, based on what I have, I'll never build that tower. I'll never conquer this issue based on the way I'm living. And it's when you have that honest moment and say, I'm vulnerable right now. Based on my financial resources at this point in my life, I am vulnerable. If I cannot work for 30 days, I am toast. I am a week from homelessness. What am I going to do about that? Well, there's a tower you can work on. That's all I'm talking about. It's when you look at yourself, if you had a physical challenge where you had, how many of you have been physically challenged? I mean, like really sick and you're better now, but you've gone through a real challenge. Raise your hand. Yeah. When you got really challenged, let me tell you what mattered, your physical condition. Your body needed some help. And if you don't take care of yourself now when you get sick, if something does happen to you, what do you have to fight with? And there's something about understanding that you are vulnerable. If you don't try now to build that tower, if you don't get that in your mind and say, this is the goal, churches have to consider that. If a storm comes, you know, so they're talking about now, you know, this whole coronavirus thing, right? And they're talking about, well, you shouldn't go in crowds. I said, oh, that means you don't go to church. Wow. What if they said don't come to church? You know what I'm going to do? Welcome to Overcome by Faith Online. Glad to have you with us. (laughs) Shoot. Come on, amen. I mean that. If, if you understand that there are moments in life, if you don't save money and if you don't position, I said money, I said the word cash. If you don't have money, if you don't work toward that as a goal, make that a tower. I don't need to live, we don't need to live on the edge of almost broke. 
We don't need to live on the edge of, 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 of poor physical health if we can help it. Why would you not walk 20 minutes three times a week to help yourself? Why would you not try? Why, why would we not try to gather and, and give resources together? Why would we not? Why would we wait until something happens like that? Why would you not put the technology in place in case you had to miss a Sunday? I think there's something. What I would do is I just come in here, I give him a mask, give him a mask, and I get up here and preach by myself. We just work it out. That ain't going to happen in Jesus' name. I pray not. But I'm just saying, you got to learn how to be committed, unafraid, undeterred, and you have to say to yourself, I must prepare. I must prepare my mind and my heart. I cannot allow myself to be vulnerable and know it. I have to learn how to plan for enough. And that's what I'll talk about next week. Your plan for you is today. Next week is your plan for enough. How do you get from here to enough? How do you get to a place where you have enough for a crisis or a challenge? There are certain things that the Bible says can happen in your life. Why is it that some Christians live on the edge of, of not enough? And I'm not just talking about money. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough emotional peace of mind. You are not where you know you should be. And so I want to pray for you today. I want you to stand on your feet. And I want you to join me in a closing prayer. Lord, I pray for enough for your people. I pray they leave this place saying, I need to think about my future. I need to think about where I'm going. There's a verse in the Bible that said in the last days, there'd be pestilence. I think it's Luke. Talks about this. And how when a person is going through a challenge financially and it's difficult, the Bible said in the last days there'd be fearful moments, fearful seasons. So, God, we're here, but we are courageously strong. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We will rise above these seasons. We will rise above all the things that happen around us. Your hand of protection will be with us. God, we trust you. There's no disease. There's no challenge. There's no fear that will, will control our lives. But God, we trust you and we give you all the praise. And we believe with all of our heart that your hand will be with us. And we believe with all of our heart that you will give us power and strength. And so today we trust you today and we lay our lives before you. And we ask you in Jesus' name to let this be a, a, a groundbreaking moment where for the first time someone will say, let me sit down. Let me dream a new dream. Let me plan for my future. Let me not be afraid of being alone. And so, God, I give you all the praise and all the glory. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, Pastor, you know, you talked a lot today about a lot of things, and I realize that my life needs God's touch on it. I want you to pray for me because what I need to do today, Pastor, is I need to give my life to God in a new way. And so if you want me to pray for you today and you want to start a new walk with God today, and this is for you. This is not for anybody else. This is all about you. And it starts with you saying, God, I want you to know that today is the day that I open my heart to you to start a brand new walk. If you would just raise your hand with every head bowed in privacy and say, pray for me, Pastor. I see one. I see two. I see three. I see four, five, six. I see about 15 people bless you. Father, I lift up everyone. I pray this would be the day that their lives would be changed forever. 
that they would say, I get it. I heard the message. I'm clear. I want to start my life with Jesus in a new way. In your name we pray. And everyone say, Amen. Sometimes in life you hear a message that can help you. I hope what you've heard today has helped you. I want to pray for you today that this can be the beginning of a new way for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message. May it give them life and strength and courage. And I pray that they would find help and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us. We're glad you're with us. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.